0: Welcome to the Metapod, a Pokemon TCG podcast that revolves around the evolving meta. And we're revolving into possibly one of the most exciting episodes, in my opinion, that we've got on this podcast. Sean, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Uh,
1: just had a lovely Halloween weekend. Um, did you get up to anything, spooky?
0: Did I give up
1: get or up. get anything? Get up Get up to anything, spooky. Oh, spoopy. no,
0: I didn't do it. I, the spookiest thing was I went to Expanded Locals yesterday that ended up not happening because we didn't have uh, enough people so that that was my sad. spooky halloween and i also <laughs> watched a i watched a movie a sad anime movie called i want to eat your pancreas okay that's the very title. good movie not at all what you think it is based on the title but it's very very good if you're if you're into <laughs> Sad stuff that makes you cry. That's a that's a tearjerker. It's a re- good one though.
1: If I were to recommend, I did watch a one a couple of random movies actually. I watched the Lost Skeleton of Cadavera, which is kind of like a joke film, very strange okay. film. It's like a parody of 1950s sci-fi. Uh, but the other one that I watched that I would highly recommend, and I did tweet about this, Jake, is The Cat from Outer Space. I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, It's like the first half of the movie is basically the plot of ET, and then the second half just goes completely off the rails. But it's great.
0: It's great if you like. Yeah, nineteen seventy. I saw your Disney, tweet. And- I saw in your tweet, you like started off and you were like, guess what this movie is? And you basically said like the plot of E.T. And then you replied to it and you were like, no, it's the cat from outer space. I was like, what the heck is this movie? Yeah, <laughs> it's so it's just on Disney Plus And
1: like my, my partner, Sam, and I were just thumbing through Disney Plus as one is want to do. And we were like, what? What is this? the cat from outer space? This is from 1978. Okay. We got to, we got to at least turn it on and see how good or bad it is. And we watched the whole thing. Wait, when was ET made? Uh, I want to say ET might've been made before 1978. If I had to guess, but
0: 1982.
1: Oh, okay. Hold on then.
0: So, so then the cat from outer space is Is the OG and E.T. stole everything.
1: There was a scene where the cat in the front of a motorcycle levitates the motorcycle to get over the military and the fence that's blocking them from getting out. And I'm like, this is just E.T. This movie is E.T. Anyways, (laughs)
0: but no et is the cat from outer space sean here sean and i detectives of everything pokemon trading card game movies (laughs) you name it we got it but we got a lot of stuff to talk about today not only has there been some recent updates regarding fusion strike and a little bit of some other things but we've also gotten our february set i believe it's february and then also we haven't say that yet. the
1: name has been announced
0: No, the name has been announced. So we like know kind of what it is per se and a couple things that are coming inside of it. And also we get an interview today that you will see here on YouTube and listen on Spotify. That's a really, really good interview from a really good friend of Sean and I's. And I'm very, very excited. You probably already know what it is based on the title or the (laughs) thumbnail or whatever. But I'm going to hold it out on you because first, as always, we got to talk about the five star review so remember if you're listening on apple itunes or maybe even on youtube go ahead leave us a review whether it's five stars one stars whatever any feedback that you got really really helps us out we're going to be going to l crisp 65's review it's a little bit of a long one so sean buckle up these two are very entertaining to listen to and i really appreciate their insights on the pokemon training card game both are great at explaining what's going on why it's important and what to look forward to i've always loved pokemon only within the last year has my interest in the card game deepened when i decided to try a podcast this was the one that interested me most and i'm so glad that it's as good as i hoped Here's an idea for a small bit to include in episodes have a random number generator pick out a card from the latest set for you and then deep dive on it. Is it a popular Pokemon? Give us a deep dive on why it's a popular Pokemon. Is it never used in competitive? Well, why is it not used in competitive and what could make it better? if you were to change something on this card, maybe without breaking it, what would it be? So different props, Basically, that's kind of a cool thing that I don't think anybody's doing right now, which if you're a podcaster and you're listening, I know where you get the idea. If you start doing this, (laughs) I I really, I'll I'll let you finish the review. I think you both have a great understanding of the game. So you'd be able to give us some fun chat about the different cards in the game. Thanks for sharing with us. Mag. Magpie? magpie 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 it's a it's a bird i didn't a know that is a bird. I didn't. yes i want to say
1: thank you i want to say it's from australia maybe
0: oh well that's why i don't know it i've never yeah. been outside of america yeah i think i could be wrong but yeah that's that makes sense but anyway Sean, what were you going to say about the the little card dibbly do oh i think that's a
1: really cool idea i think um I think the random card generator the the challenge we're going to have is that there's so much filler in all these sets. You could end up with just like, you know, one of the middle evolutions that is like, uh, well, it's here because you need a middle evolution.
0: We could even like we could even help that out so like yeah. we could let's say you get a metapod for example, you get a metapod as the random number generator in the set. We could even branch that out to like its entire evolution we could so like we could say like the butterfree that's in this set as well you know and i like there's a couple different things that we could do
1: i jake i really like that i like um if we whatever card we get if it has an evolution line we'll talk about the whole evolution line um that's that's a cool idea i don't know if we'll do it but jake and i i'm
0: writing it down we could start doing it next week honestly if we really wanted to yeah Let's say, let's say Sean and I, our future site ideas are not going so hot. We could, we could switch it up every once in a while. We could give us a refresher on the on the future site, and do a nice little card. But in terms of a lot of filler, mm. Sean, Fusion Strike. If you do not know the set list is out it's the biggest set ever beats out cosmic eclipse as the biggest set in pokemon history now we're not doing a review this week no. of fusion strike because we've got this wonderful interview and news honestly was kind of slow this week yeah but we will be doing our big set review next week so look forward to that right before it officially comes out for all of you guys, gals, non-binary pals. But, Sean, we're still going to talk about Fusion Strike real quick. Yes, There's been some big news about Fusion Strike. So let's jump over to there. Sean, what's been going on with Fusion Strike? Uh,
1: Well, with Fusion Strike, uh, the pre-release, I think we mentioned, did we mention this last week? The the pre-release was delayed uh, worldwide. I feel like we mentioned it, or was that just conversation you and I had?
0: We may have mentioned it. I don't, it's been yeah. a long time since we've done this interview. I think like four or five That's days. True. That's true. So you also will see us in different
1: clothes in a second, uh, those who are watching. But the the big news is the, the uh, pre-release was delayed um, a week, essentially. Um, they basically pushed everything back one week. Uh, this also comes on the heels of them announcing that the... Um, the uh, What's the name of the, the series that uh, Pokemon is doing the battle Academy. I think it's called Yes, that also got pushed back a week. Um, and you know, there could be a variety of different tinfoil hat theories. I, I think what they say is that it's product availability and like shipping and like, that's what everyone would expect. Right. But Jake, I actually did ask a store that I went to the other day, uh, who went to their distributor in person. They always go to the distributor in person to pick up their supplies. And they asked it. I asked them like, well, did they have your pre-release stuff ready for you to pick up? And he was like, yes, all of the pre-release stuff was just in the distributor's warehouse ready to be picked up. And, and the distributor said, you could pick it up if you want. So, um, I don't know if this is actually a global shipping problem.
0: I personally, I mean, it would make sense, right? Because, you know, with COVID and stuff, like it's not out of the realm of possibilities, but that's boring to think about. Sean and I want to put on the tinfoil hat theory. As you see, I got my hat on for those Mm -hmm. of you watching on YouTube. And plus, we saw over the weekend, we saw the pre-releases leak. Yeah, pretty much. I guess you could say leak. I mean, we did see. Yeah, we saw pictures of the pre-release promos go out. So we know that people have like the pre-release kits, especially when there are people that are distributors or card shops or whatever that are supplying these. So what I think, Sean, here's a foil hat. I think PTCG live was not ready. I think PTCG live was actually supposed to be released on pre-release weekend. What I hoped was not going to happen, because there's... Uh, anyways, I've already mentioned that time and time <laughs> again. But this is something that's really good, I think, in my opinion. Yes, PTCG Live, if the reason that these did not come out is because PTCG Live is not ready yet, I think that is almost best-case scenario. As weird as that, as as that sounds, Sean.
1: Yeah, I mean, one week is not a ton of time, but it does... And they did announce actually with this set that the codes are not available to be placed into PTCGO two weeks early, which they normally are. Like normally you're allowed to, you know, you can't open the product, but you can start putting the codes in two weeks early. And they said that codes from this set are not going to be live until release date official. So that's also some some new news there. And um, yeah, I, I think it has more to do with TCG
0: live than, than
1: global shipping. I would agree with you.
0: And honestly, when it comes to me and video games, movies, any sort of that media type stuff, anime, even, you know, I would much rather things get delayed and delayed and delayed and delayed, because in my opinion, a delayed quality product is much better than a on time PTCGO, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um that's just a tinfoil hat theory there's nothing to confirm that whatever that's just my educated guess. working in media and watching pokemon for a long time at this point yeah i think you're i think you're spot on there jake uh i mean i don't have any insider knowledge sadly (laughs) because i didn't get any fusion strike um what i will say though jake uh is
1: i think like you said it was a slow news week so do you want to uh, talk about who we have on the docket for today?
0: Oh, uh, drumroll, please. But I don't know if Sean's going to add a drumroll effect. No, but I might, might on YouTube. I don't oh, okay. know. OK, but anyways, now it's time for the excellent interview. I think if I remember from like four or five days ago, I believe I give a good little intro for our guest mm-hmm. on the interview. So let's go away to the interview. Hello and welcome back to the Metapod. We got a new fresh face in here, a wildfire of hair. It is the almighty 10K subs, PTCG's newest Twitch partner and offers some coaching for all you players out there. Celios Network, Luke Morza, how are you doing today?
2: Hey, I'm doing good, buddy. How are you guys? We are good. I'm happy to be here. (laughs) Excited. It, It is a rainy day today.
0: I have watched anime today. No surprises there. <laughs> play a little bit of Pokemon as well. Playing some Dragapult right now. But Luke, before we do anything about the main topic of today, getting back into IRL events, let me know right now. What's your favorite deck
2: uh right now? Like that. I could play right now on standard. Yeah. Uh, Leafy on VMAX. Le- not your Vaporeon. Oh,
0: I see you're jumping. No, away I do like
2: that. I do like Vaporeon, but um now Leafy on VMAX was like, my favorite to play coming into the format and I tapered my expectations for it because like everybody else was like oh yeah Leefion's all right and I knew Leefion was solid I said it probably couldn't break into tier 1 just cuz it's not overpowered or anything but it's just uh, very conservative in matchup spread wise and you can kind of either tech your deck or play around most situations. Uh, and that's kind of usually the deck I lean towards if I'm going to like default to a deck for a format. I think it was What though is your favorite card. Uh, Leafy on V is actually my favorite card in the format. I love uh greening cells. I,
1: I was going to say, I think you and your mom were the ones that I want to say kind of broke Leafy on VMAX in the format into the format yeah. for at the limitless um, for
2: for pog for pog yeah um, yeah because she wanted she wanted us to play Leafeon for day one of pog hmm. and we didn't we played shadow rider cali rex alchemy for day one and I made it into day two and so I and I ended up playing it for day two yeah um because I didn't think it was good for that meta game but it turned out being the absolute best call for that meta game. so shouts out to her i told her not to play for day one and she didn't she didn't make it in the day two but i top 16 with an asterisk for day two so <laughs> that's yeah we
0: won't <laughs> we'll old that nonsense. um yeah the shenanigans of the ptcg era but one thing i want to talk about real quick on leafy on vmax we're kind of going off the rails here or off script but <laughs> we talk about how the online meta like really accelerates growth development of the meta because all these tournaments that are happening all these stuff i feel like leafeon hasn't really changed since yeah. your guys has run with it in limitless and it's kind of surprising and it's kind of really cool
2: yeah so we tested the deck before evolving skies was on ptcgo but for the format we're in right now not for the pog format and we kind of knew it was going to be a mainstay solid middle ground deck because it doesn't take super bad matchups and it doesn't take super great matchups and it's so consistent because you can it has a colorless energy requirement that you can use capture with and greening cells guarantees you an energy for turn so it's it almost always lets you actually play the game which you can't say for most decks so i knew it was going to be a mainstay of the format.
1: I will say, I did manage to beat a Leafy on VMAX deck in my one of my few tournaments I played recently with Dragapult, only because of Crushing Hammer. Nice. Because, <laughs> like to your point, like you can get the energy on very quickly, but if you have to end your turn to get energy on again over and over again, then you just kind of right. fall really far behind. And he actually just ran out of grass energy in the deck because he had to retreat a couple of times. Uh. I
2: was like, well, that's.
1: He was like, I have like three capture energies, but no more grass. And I'm like, Big sad. That's big sad. And
0: and then if you're playing Vinny's Dragapole list with the fan Fan of waves waves as well, you just get all those energies off the board. Yep. Yeah, for sure. But We got a lot of great stuff to talk about today. The purpose of this interview, talking to our good friend, Luke, we want to help everybody, all of our listeners, get ready for IRL events. We mentioned the other week, that the regional schedule, play pretty much the play Pokemon world championship tour. You could say schedule has been announced for 2022 and for the rest of this season. And so we've got a little bit of time before it kicks off and things start really coming challenges and cups haven't even been announced yet. So we want this Luke being someone that's played a long time. How long have you been playing?
2: Uh, My first competitive, my first official
0: tournament was 2007 yeah, so that's like a lot longer than Sean and I have been playing, starting in like twenty nineteen, twenty twenty. It's about whatever it's about like team up years and more? unbroken bonds was.
1: <laughs> so uh I, I think it's it's you've been playing longer than some of the people listening maybe have been alive. So potentially, but, yes. Yeah. <laughs>
0: It's like not to make you feel old or anything.
1: Luke, no, just, no, no, no. Just... We're all in the same camp here, age-wise. So.
0: I will say, I'm pretty sure Sean is the oldest person here, anyway. So uh, that's just, probably if true. you feel old, then Sean, you're that's you've true. been riding dinosaurs. I am, I am
1: very much in my mid thirties now, which is weird. Yeah. So,
0: <laughs> but regardless what age you are, we feel like this topic and this conversation is going to be relevant to you and beneficial to you, but. It, I've been around in sports for a long time, Luke. I've been around competitive scenes for a long time outside of card games, inside of card games, things like that. And one of the biggest things that I think is part of competitive scenes is goals. So the first thing that I kind of want to talk about is goal settings. Because I feel like goal setting is the beginning of everything. It's kind of the foundation of how you conduct yourself for the rest of the season, year, your competitive era, whatever you wanna call it. So, especially with the Pokemon trading card game, how do you personally set PTCG related goals?
2: Well, I love that topic because um, in my counseling background, something that I really value is setting goals for yourself. Um, And so I bring that to my Pokemon coaching and my Pokemon content creation as well. Um, And something important to have, maybe even this season, since it's like a half season more than ever, is knowing what your goal is and understanding it's okay for everybody to have different goals. Mm -hmm. Um, So I talk about this a lot, but I never really was committed to Pokemon as my first like 100% this is what I'm doing thing until 2017. Um, every other year it was kind of like, well, I'm playing Pokemon, but I'm also playing this or I'm also doing this or I'm traveling for that. And so those years my goal was to either have fun or do as well as I could at the small amount of events that I could go to or to try to build a rogue deck and have a breakout performance with that or you know, to make something new even if I'm not going to do well with it. Um, more recently, my goal was in, uh, the 1718 and 1819 season. My goal then was to get a world's invite. Um, so, you know, I, I ended up getting world's invites. That was my goal. So I made, um, you know, I made roadmaps on how to get to that goal. Um, this year, again, this half season, the goal is just going to be to finish up my world's invite next year. I'm going to have more ambitious goals with a full season, hopefully um, to maybe even try for top 16 or at least travel to everything that I can. Um, But uh, for those listening, I would say if you do not have any CP going into this, any championship points going into this half season, um, taper your expectations, but also don't feel afraid to reach for the stars. You know um, I would set, multiple goals you know goal of going with a positive record at a regionals maybe a goal of day twoing a regional maybe a goal of winning money at a regional because you can do all those things without getting a worlds invite you know you can win a regional and still not get a worlds invite so you can have very separate goals and a worlds invite with only less than half of a, a year uh, only six regionals, one IC, and who knows League Cups and Challenges. It would be hard for anyone, and it's more of a testament of financial and time than all squished into these five or six months rather than it is how capable are you. Um, So I would definitely make multiple goals for yourselves uh, if you're playing in the half competitive season that we're getting for uh, the beginning of twenty twenty two. And, you know, shoot for that world's invite if you want to, for sure. Um, But also understand this is a very weird season that you're coming into and a goal that I've been suggesting to people is to get your footing in this half season. So next year for a typical full season, you can hit the ground running.
1: Yeah. I think the, um, the point you're making about like travel and stuff like that too, especially for people who don't necessarily live in, like I live in New York city area. So there's potentially a lot of shops that you can go to for challenges and cups, which haven't been announced, but that is how a lot of players get, um, you know, how most players I would say get the majority of their points as because most places can't go to like eight, nine, 10 regionals or whatever over the course right. of a full season. Uh, but, and you think to yourself, oh, they're the smaller events. I could probably go to more of them. But if you only, if you live in an area that only has one or two stores that every run, quarter, right. And they're they're like only once a quarter for, I think cups and maybe once a, I, is it once a quarter for challenges too?
2: They last year, it was once a month or okay. not last yeah. year, but the last season it was once a yeah. month for challenges and once every three months for cups. But like, you know, people
1: have to travel. You you have to realize like, oh, actually, if you want to get your because you can get um, for a number of points, it's your best eight finishes. And like Mm -hmm. if you really want to qualify for worlds, mostly with that, you kind of got to get first uh, in a lot of those, which is it's a lot. It's a lot to travel. It's a lot of weekend commitments. And most stores also, at least in certain areas, they tend to group them all over the same two week window, I have found at least like, Oh, mm-hmm. the cup is on this Friday at this store and this Saturday at that store. And they're all on the same weekend. So it's a grind. It can be.
2: Yeah, it can be a grind. Um, and definitely based on a few things, you're the region you live in. If we're talking North America, I have no experience for European or Australian cups. I'm sure it's even worse there for finding cups. Um, but, um, Yeah, the region you live in. I'm from New Jersey. Sean's a couple hours north in New York. So I am lucky to have so many cups and challenges around me. I can travel any direction in a two-hour radius in a typical season and find a challenger cup on a Saturday or Sunday typically to play in. Um, But for some people, it might be more worth your time to just save up the money and save up the vacation days to – go to more regionals. Um, And that's what I was doing before the season got cut short. Actually, I had only gone to um, seven events and three Mm. of them were regionals. And I think three of them were cups and one was a challenge, something like that. Um, And I was trying to just go to more regionals because I was focusing on content creation, which we could classify as job. And I didn't want to, waste i didn't want to spend my energy time and money driving two hours there two hours back every saturday and sunday for cups and challenges if i could just do that once or twice a month for regionals which have a bigger payout yeah um and i was confident in my performance at regionals i day two two out of the three i went to and got points and money and everything at two out of three of the regionals i went to um So I was kind of doing that. But that could be a plan that you make based on the region you're in or based on, you know, I can go to a regional once a month, but I can't go to a League Cup every weekend. So I'll go to six regionals because I can – I can spread them out once a month, but I can't do league cups every single weekend. Um, And, you know, uh, regionals have league challenges on the night before. Sometimes if you don't make day two, a lot of times they'll have a challenge or a cup during day two. So you can also get your challenges and cups in that way. So we've talked a
0: lot about championship points, the different events, things like that. So let's kind of dive a little bit more into it. Let's say that my goal for this upcoming season, you know, I don't have any points. My goal is just to get like 150 points. I want to try to get 150 points in half the season. That's my goal. Keith kind of talk a little bit about points you know like what is worth more than others maybe sticking to like u.s numbers that type of deal because that's a majority of our audience yeah Uh, just kind of talk a little bit about championship points
2: yeah for sure so um let's assume you are a master's division player from north america master's division i think is 16 and older roughly um so uh the point threshold for this half season and the half season that it's continuing from was 500 championship points to get the world's invite. Um, Also side note that changes almost year to year. One year it'll be 400. One year it'll be 500. One year it'll be 450. One year it'll make up a whole new point system. So um, (laughs) don't get, don't get married to the idea of 500 championship points. It very well could change for the next full season we have. Um, But so if, uh, Jake's goal here is to get 150 CP to, you know, like I said, set your footing, get ready for next year, you know, prove to yourself, OK, I can earn this chunk of points with this much experience that I have and the time I have to do it. I think that's a great idea. Um, you could set the goals of, OK, well, I want to top eight two league cups. That's 50 points right there. I want to top 128 regionals. That's. Somewhere between 40 and 60 points offhand. 40. 40. Yeah. Okay. So I want to top 128 of regional. I wanna top eight two league cups. And then maybe I want to win a challenge and win a league cup. Um, that would be 155 points, I think, if I did my math correct. <laughs> or maybe you're not going to go to a lot of cups and challenges. So you let's say you're going to six regionals, <laughs> then maybe your goal could be to Top 128, two of them, and day two, the other. Hmm. That's and a good goal. So you you get points at three out of six of your regionals. Um, or you're doing three regionals. Let's say you want to get points at two of them, and you're going to six cups. Try to get points at three or four of them, and you'll be around your 150-point threshold.
0: Hmm. So it's so not when that you, So when you talk about all the different points, and you, know, you did all this different quick math and stuff, which... God, by golly to you, I have to use a calculator to do simple addition. But what is kind of can you give me the order of like, what is the least amount of points? What oh, absolutely. The most amount of points for things
2: like that. Yeah. So we've got your league challenges. These can be hold. These can be held at hobby shops um, or, you know, sanctioned stores that are, uh, you know, approved by TPCI to hold these league challenge events. They're typically like five bucks to enter. There's some small prizing and there's some promo cards that TPCI provides for the prizing. Um, there is no top cut at these events. They are just Swiss rounds, no matter how many people. You could have 200 people show up to these, which does not happen, and there will still be no top cut. Um, so typically in my area of New Jersey, which is pretty populated, uh, league challenges will be about 15 to 30 people. Hmm um that could change because so many people have heard about the trading card game over the pandemic so many people are itching to play but as the season goes on league challenges fizzle out because they're worth less points and so players who have gotten their invite or are closer to their invite might stop attending league challenges over time so i would say expect your league challenges to max out at around 30 but you know the the pandemic influx of people could out outdo my expectations so a league challenge a win gets you 15 cp that's not a lot but league challenges are very low stakes mm-hmm. it's just swiss rounds it's usually like five bucks to enter and there's less people league cup is in the oh sorry sean go oh, ahead
1: i was just going to say the only and the one thing i'll add to each of these um mm-hmm. is that on league challenges what you might notice too is that the meta is very localized Uh, That's not to say that people won't play the BDIF, but if you play in your local area often, you Mm -hmm. can use that knowledge to your advantage when choosing your deck. And then I think, you know, as you'll find, you know, as as Luke will also say, the more and more stakes, the more and more people, the less likely you are to know everybody. And then you have to kind of make more generalized uh, deck choices.
2: Yeah, so League Challenges... And of course, in the past, you know, I haven't played a league challenge for, <laughs> gosh, two years, I guess. Um, <laughs> um, You know, it wouldn't be unrealistic for me to play against somebody I drove there with and then play against a junior's parent and then play against my friend from league. Uh, You know, like that's kind of what league challenges have looked like to me in the past. Um, At least you're, you know, going to a hobby shop league challenge. Of course, they're going to be a little different if it's like the league challenge during a regional. If you didn't make day two and stuff like that. Um, Then league cup is the next step up. Um, League cups are typically like somewhere between five and fifteen dollars to enter. Uh, The stores will throw in some more prizing. TPCI provides first place play mats for that say champion on them um first place at a league cup is 50 championship points more than triple first place of a league challenge because they also have top cuts so as long as there's I think it's like uh 19 or more players you'll have like a top eight cut or maybe it's 24 or more players you'll have a top eight cut um and so it's definitely a little longer it's a little harder to get first place in um and you know so there's so surrounds then top cut. Um, The smallest League Cup I've ever been to is probably like 15 people, and the largest League Cup I've ever been to at a hobby shop is about 80 people. Um, At regionals, the League Cups will probably be about 150 people or so, Um, but again, that could change. Uh, But yeah, I I would expect like 50 to be the average size for your Hobby Shop League Cups if they can – fit enough people if the guidelines allow for 50 people to be in a hobby shop for a tournament, all that, et cetera. Um, Now, league cups, uh, like Sean was saying, you can kind of metagame a little bit locally. Um, Like, so I am from Southern New Jersey, um, but I'd say the same in a normal season, the same like 30 to 40 people are going to more or less all show up to all the league cups in like the, you know, two hour radius and then throw in like 25 or 30 people. I don't know, or I didn't expect to show up. Um, So you can kind of get an idea of, okay, they've played this deck for the past two weekends or I'm friends with them. And I know they like this deck and you can kind of organize your thoughts about what kind of decks you're going to see much more than you can for a thousand person regional. Um, And in a thousand person regional, the law of large numbers comes into play and you just assume there's going to be a spread of everything. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So for League Cups, 50 championship points for first place, uh, 40 for second. And then I believe it's uh, 32 for top four and 25 for top eight.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: So even top eight of a League Cup gets more than first place of a league challenge.
1: Yeah, I got the most of my points. Actually, I think came from two top four league league cups that mm-hmm.
2: I currently have.
1: Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, in terms of to the point Luke was making earlier, your time—if your time is more valuable to you—then um, league cups are the things you might want to prioritize in your local areas. Um, yeah.
2: So league challenges, in my understanding, were kind of designed as. Uh, kind of like baby's first official tournament. Yeah. Like um, now not to say that professional players won't play at them if they need points because they absolutely will. Um, but it is made to be lower stakes so you get less people and you get more of the newer people in them and so you get the feel of what a real tournament feels like you have to hand in a deck list you can't change your deck during the tournament You the matches are timed uh, there's a small payment to play in it and there's a small prize reward uh, everybody's playing by the rules there are judges there in case somebody breaks the rules it's very much to get acclimated with the scene and then your next step up is a league cup where competition uh, you know the point payout is more than tripled so people will be more serious at a league cup Um, and from there we go to regional championships Uh, regional championships and international championships you do not need an invite to the only thing you need an invite to is world championships Um, so for regional championships first place gets 200 championship points now That's four times what you get for first place at a League Cup, but regional championships can be 10 times or even larger than a League Cup. Um, I wouldn't be surprised that if guidelines and venue capacity allow, we will have thousand plus person regionals right off the bat for master's division. Um, So championship points at a regional can go all the way down to 256th place. Um, And that's typically a record of around five, two and uh, five, two and two, five, three and one, six and three. So if you think you can go into that above average record, but not good enough to make day two, as long as there's a large size of people, I think if there's 800 people, you get top 256 points. Um, So if you. Kinda of, that's kind of the goal you're shooting for if you just wanna walk away with some points. It's kind of around that uh five three one six three range of your record, six wins, three losses. And then uh, 19 match points and above is guaranteed to make it into day two. Um, And then from there, top 32 gets money starting at $250 and working its way up to first place gets $5,000. And the championship points at top 256 is 30 championship points. So if you get into the top 256 at a regional, you still get twice the amount of winning a League Cup and you get the same amount as top four in I'm sorry, twice the amount of elite challenge (laughs) and uh, the same amount as top four in a league cup and your threshold to get the same as first place at a league cup is top 64 at a regional will receive 50 points and that's the same as first place at a league cup.
0: Yeah, I I will say, oh, go ahead, Jake. Uh, I was going to say, so I think Sean should ask this question first.
1: Oh, okay. I was going to say like, the other thing to keep in mind with a regional versus League Cup and Challenge is that the the early
2: rounds of a League Cup and all of a League Challenge, I think, are best of one, I want to say. Yes. So Swiss rounds of League Challenge and League Cup are all best of one. And there is no best of three in a League Challenge. And League Challenge and League Cups are all done within one day mm-hmm. uh, at a hobby shop setting. Whereas regionals starts on a Saturday morning. And you play nine rounds of best of three. So you typically play from around 10 a.m. or so to like 7, 8 or 9 p.m. Yeah, that's a um, huge difference. And then difference. day two. Yeah. Yeah, like the 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 marathon. I think that's one thing.
1: Maybe some folks who, who you know, have played during the pandemic um, in some of like the chill series events um, or the Sunday Open, like the really big ones like Pog. You might have some level of endurance, but even then, like you're not having to shuffle your deck with online events. You're not having to change seats between things. And like, if your game goes long, being like, okay, it's over. Where's my next, you know, Matt, we'll get into the prep, but that that level and also food, right? You don't Mm -hmm. have a fridge behind you (laughs) that you can go get food at. Like there are elements of that, that it's really like a regional is like a whole other beast. It's like a marathon that is, I think it's, it is a test of like, you know, actual endurance to a degree. I mean, it's not like an actual marathon, but yeah, but it's, it's a mental marathon in ways that I don't know if online events duplicate to the same degree.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I get different kinds of, uh, Like it's a different war of attrition online than it is in real life. Like I get like screen fatigue and like almost like screen blindness, like uh, like kind of road blindness. Like I'm just staring at the screen like and, you know, on PTCGO, I definitely there are things that I call PTCGO misplays, like things that could not possibly happen in real life, like. (laughs) clicking the wrong card cannot yes. happen in real life you know yeah. like ending your turn by a mistake cannot happen in real life <laughs> so there are positives to real life that because you can't make these mistakes but then like you said you have to learn how to shuffle if you've never played in real life you have to learn how to count your cards because you're in real life deck doesn't sort your cards for you like PTCGO <laughs> to tell you that you have two sobbles prized you know so Um, There are different skills between PTCGO and IRL and IRL is definitely taxing on your mind and body um, due to the travel to regionals, waking up early, um, physically moving your seats, probably not eating a lot during the day until the regional is over, Um, you know, social exhaustion as well. Seeing friends actually having to talk to an opponent unless you choose to, you know, Blank stare them and not say a word, um, which is an option. It's an option. You'll <laughs> be like that guy, it. and it's like, <laughs> yeah, I, I really don't personally. I don't talk much. I say hello, nice to meet you, good mm. luck, and you know, because I'm there. I'm there for business. I'm not, you know, <laughs> I'm not here to make friends, right? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it is. It's just as Sean said. It is taxing on the mind and body, uh probably in a different way than you've. Uh, experienced on pdcgo tournaments so especially if you live in
0: like the midwest like me i live in indiana you know Mm. a a region you know in the midwest has a lot of different events especially this season and also there are other events after regionals like ICs and spes which Mm. if anyone doesn't know is international challenges international, international championships. championships yeah that's what it is international championships i
2: think championships they're actually called intercontinental ch- i don't know I- yeah international <laughs> I, I don't know <laughs> international sounds be way better like yeah, i think it's that's just i might have that's I what might what have we're used going. to call them intercontinental and i was not correct
0: <laughs> and then there's also special events too that go alongside that so like what's the difference with all of with both of those international championships and then SPEs alongside like regionals like what's the difference between them
2: Right. Uh, yeah, they're definitely called internationals. I, uh, <laughs> I don't know what I was talking about. Um, so special events are kind of supplementary events that are somewhere between a league cup and a league, but uh, somewhere between a league cup and a regional, um, North America rarely gets them and they're mostly designed for areas that don't have a, enough regionals compared to North America. Um, So uh, I think, like, Latin America Mm -hmm. will get SPEs, Europe will get SPEs, et cetera, um, to make up for not having enough League Cups and regionals in their area to travel to. But people from North America can go to SPEs if they wish to, uh, if they need points to work towards their invite or their travel stipend or their top 16 or whatever. Um, So SPEs, I believe, first place awards – one no, SPEs award the same as regionals, 200 CP Mm – If I'm
1: not mistaken. And that's why people will travel far away, which, you know, I don't want to get into too much controversy, but that there is some controversy about that, you know, not making a judgment. But
2: yeah, I think everybody's kind of just agreed that like top 16 chase, like trying to become top 16 in your. Uh, your region and then going for the travel stipends, which are top four and top 16 uh, based on championship points. Everybody knows that that's like the, the entry point is you need the money and the time mm-hmm. and then it's, are you good enough to do it? Because um, like you have to have the money and the time to just book flights almost every weekend to SPEs and ICs and regionals and everything. That's kind of like the entry point to get to that top level. Um, I think that's kind of agreed upon now. Um, But yeah, so S.P.E.s are typically not going to be in North America. Sometimes like one or two will pop up um, and then international championships are the best. Um, I've only ever been to North American international championships. I have not traveled out of the country for an IC as of this podcast, Yet. but I highly plan on doing it, Um, probably not Europe in March, but I will probably do it. Next year when we have a full season. Um, but um, yeah, international championships are the best. Anybody can go to them. You can be from any region and you can go to it. I can go to the Latin America internationals. If you're from Australia, you can come to the North American internationals. It doesn't matter where you're from. You do not need an invite. Um, go ahead, Sean.
1: I was going to say, for like, you can you bring cards from your original region to play in an international? Or is that just Worlds?
2: No, you have to play with language cards that are of the uh, the native language of the IC, I believe. Interesting. So, that- um, yeah. So, I think if you go to Europe, I believe there's like a couple listed language yeah. of cards that you can play at the EU IC. And English but if would they, be one of them, I assume. <laughs> right. For yeah, but if if people come from Europe to North America, you have to use English cards. Or if you go to Latin to America. To my understanding. That would be, yeah. maybe English is allowed in Latin America. I'm not well, sure. It is. Okay. Yeah. I'm so, almost up 100% positive that uh, it is.
1: Okay. So, any Japanese listeners, though, you need to start buying English cards if you want to go to any of these ICs.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Although I'd much prefer your Japanese cards with the silver borders, (laughs) which are vastly superior to the yellow. Yeah. So, a fun little note is that if you're from Japan and you come, you can come to, let's say, North American internationals, but you can't earn championship points because championship points don't exist for Japan. Because they work off because TPC works off a completely different thing than TPCI does. You have to make finals of an event there to get your world's invite.
1: Interesting.
2: OK, well, Japanese listeners, <laughs> that's if no, there's like well, one of you. <laughs> people do come from Japan to regionals just for the um, experience, just to compete. Um, but I'm not even positive they can earn the money prize. They can definitely uh, earn the booster boxes. But um, but yeah, so to earn prize money, you need to have a TPCI player account, and you uh, can't have that if you're from TPC's jurisdiction. So, yeah, just a little tidbit.
0: Yeah, something that a lot of our listeners probably won't have to worry about, but it's it's <laughs> right. a really cool thing <laughs> to learn. I, I think it's really cool because I follow uh, to, how do you say their name, Tony Tuan. Tony Lay, Tuan Lay. Tuan Lei, like they they compete in Japan and they're in In that area and cups or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like really fascinating how sometimes they talk about like getting their world's invite and stuff and all those different things and how just different it is uh, from us, which is kind of cool, but kind of also really interesting because they compete in the same worlds.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's odd that Japan doesn't have the same stuff, but I think uh, I think TPC likes being a little unique. So,
0: I will say though, we are talking about all these events, you know, all the different types of events and stuff. If I don't know where like league challenges and league cups are going on, where can I find these events, you know, for when the season starts and as it gets going? I can look to see, you know, if I got to drive 30 minutes or an hour or whatever.
2: Yeah. So you can go to Pokemon.com and click uh, the uh, events tab or the Pokemon TCG tab which will then also take you to an events thing and there will be something called an event locator you'll just put in like your zip code or whatever how far you're willing to drive 100 mile radius 200 mile radius and bing bang boom you'll get some League Cups and League Challenges and stuff like that um, and then there's a there's a page that lists all of the regionals and all of the internationals so you don't have to use the event locator for that but I do know Some people were upset because Pokemon said official play is coming back and then they ran to the event locator and they're like, but there's none for my area. What are you going to do about this? There's none for nobody's area right (laughs) now. So there's no League Cups. There's no League Challenges sanctioned yet. All that is sanctioned are the six regionals in North America, the internationals, and then a couple events over in Europe. Yeah. Yeah. For when the season comes around, I remember
0: before the pandemic, you could actually use the event locator to look at like weekly leagues.
2: Yes. Is could. that is that right? Yes. You, so there was I a way that to would filter those out, though. They what? There was a way to filter those out. I believe you could you could pick um <clears throat> you could pick either uh, all tournaments mm-hmm. or premier events only, mm-hmm. like championship point earning events only. Mm-hmm. Yeah so yeah the week
0: so whether you want to find, so, so uh, find a local league or you want to get some points event lo- I really think the event locator is like the best thing ever.
2: I use that all the time. Yeah and a lot of people have asked me like does going to my league tournaments do anything? No, unless it's a league challenge or a league cup, it does not matter for your competitive play. By all means go and play and have fun and enjoy the game, but it does not earn you championship points showing up to your league or playing in the local tournaments.
1: I will say they did have a point. Remember like they had like a thing where if you went to a bunch of leagues you would actually get points based on yeah. and, and that didn't it doesn't apply anywhere. It, it mm-hmm. those points mean nothing, but I was like cuz I went to a lot of leagues in New York and I, mm-hmm. at one point I was in like the top 50 or top 20 in the world. <laughs>
2: Yeah, you get play points. Yeah, play points. Yeah, there you go. And you used to have... they, They rightfully got rid of this, but you used to have to have, like six play points to go to international championships back when they were called national championships. Mm-hmm. Like you couldn't just go to nationals. You had to like play in like a handful of tournaments, whether they were just little local things or league cups or whatever, before going to nationals. But they did away with that. You can go to internats and everything, no matter what.
0: That's really interesting. I didn't know that. I didn't know about, it. I got to look up my play points. Can I still I, look that up on? You can. My yeah. Page? yeah.
1: It used to be too. You, you used to be able to trade in play points for like, merch or gear or something like but that I'd, sounds familiar yeah but like they i've heard people tell like that that used to be a thing and then it still says it or it used to say it on the website but like they're like i there's been nothing for me to redeem for years
2: oh you it wasn't i don't know if you actually had to go physically redeem it but like um here i might have the league promo roseanne's research in this deck oh right, my. Promo as long as you were active in like a league or a tournament or something during the quarter back in 2008 or nine. Um, you would get league promos. So like you'll if you can see oh, it's like yeah. a little trainer in the middle holding a pokeball and mm-hmm. it's hollowed. So they'd give out staple cards. So like supporters that were in every deck clay dolls. Uh, Uxie. I have a lot of league promos in this deck. <laughs> um, this is another one with a pokeball in the middle. So they just send these to your house in an envelope. And say, thanks for playing this quarter. Here's some league promo staples. Like, that's cool. I feel bamboozled. Actually, the Uxie was one they sent to leagues. The one with the Pokeball holder, the expert belt, that was sent to your house. The Uxie was given to league leaders just to give out to you a league. Hmm. League promos are like my
0: favorite things in the world. I've, I want <laughs> I want to get some. What the heck?
2: Yeah, so I guess today it would be like you would get professors' researches, you would get Drizils and Inteleons. So like those, that was what these cards were kind of compared to back then. That's awesome. But, you know, we're talking about all these things, but you got to prepare.
0: You know, you can't just go in guns. I mean, I guess you could go guns, blazing cold turkey and and try. But if you want to do your very best, you got to probably prepare a little bit. So what do I need in order? What do I need in order (laughs) at events to get
2: championship points? What do I need to do before then? All right. So you're going to need a standard format deck for this year. And you can check and see what standard format is by the rules on Pokemon. Or I can just fast track you here and tell you if your Pokemon has, if your card has the regulation mark D, E, or any letter later in the English alphabet, um, which is called a regulation mark, you're good to go with that card. Um, So they've actually changed it. It used to be sets. So. It used to be okay, sword and shield on is the standard format, but right now it's technically D and on, mm-hmm. and then next year it'll be E and on, and so forth. So you need a standard format deck made up of cards with regulation mark D, E, or soon F in your deck. Um, you need to have your cards sleeved um, because, yeah, you need to have them sleeved. And so not I pers- not
1: see through sleeved, either. like meaning not like yet. some very they light sleeves. Opaque. Yes.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they can be they can be see through to the point where you can see like the Pokeball on the back mm. um, through the sleeve, but they just they can't be completely clear. Um, but I do suggest just getting opaque sleeves that you can't see through at all. I suggest Dragon Shield mats or Dragon Shield dual mats. So you need your deck, a sleeved deck, and um, probably some dice, a coin, damage counters, and a deck box. You can use dice for damage counters. You can use them for flipping heads. as... Uh, Heads is even, tails is odd. Your dice have to be clear if you're going to use them as your coin flip. Um, A lot of players will bring a play mat because they don't want their cards getting dirty on the table. It also kind of just marks off where you're going to be playing because a lot of times it's very tight. Probably based on COVID guidelines, we'll have a little less of cramped areas. Um, But a play mat's a good idea. I would bring extra sleeves
1: of the same color, by the way, just because, you know, if you're all, especially if you're new, but even those who've played in the past, but maybe haven't gone to official events, if one of your sleeves either rips or something goes wrong, or maybe like, especially at regionals, this is much more likely to happen. uh, Your opponent might be like, oh, that's a marked card, right? Like that, Mm -hmm. your sleeve has like a little ding on it. And so that's different than all your other cards. And a judge might say, hey, you need to resleeve this. So yeah bring extras of the same color or maybe a whole extra box if you don't have any more from the same box just yeah um and yeah i would get like a hundred pack and keep that in your bag one one minor note i don't know if you've noticed this luke the dual mats from dragon shield Mm -hmm. only use sleeves from the same box if you mix and match from two boxes of the same color they actually have differences that you can tell. Oh, okay. I don't know if you've ever noticed that, but because I play commander and like I will sometimes like I'll have one rip and I have to go get another box. Got uh, it. Yeah, I had like three of the yellows and I could actually tell exactly what three when the deck was on a, in a
2: stack. Interesting. Okay, yeah. I've never had that problem with regular mats. Yes. So maybe stick to regular mats. Dual mats are newer and mm-hmm. I've only been using them for my retro decks right now because they protect really, really well. Yeah. Um but yeah. Um yeah, I've gotten game losses just because my sleeve had a little bit of a dog ear on the corner and a judge saw it and they're like, Well, that's a game loss on resleeve. Um so um, but yeah, so make sure you have Sleeves that are slightly broken in, but mostly new. I would like put them on before the tournament and then shuffle for five minutes and then you're good to go. And then to be prepared, I would, you know, practice with friends, practice online, listen to, you know, meta discussions on channels like Celio's network. Um, <laughs> nice little plug. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, But yeah, like that, that's really great preparation. Like um, I, I've had people who like, I've, I've had regional champions like message me and say, hey, when's the meta discussion coming out? I need to get caught up for this weekend. Uh, I oh saw a God. couple of people on Twitter like
0: tweeting the daily, like the day one of tagging oh God, Luke until yeah. he puts me on the meta discussion yeah, or whatever. Should what I do was... that, too? Can I try to get on there or will you so block
2: me? The meta I might block you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, the meta discussions were kind of like my thing. Like that was like the what when people didn't know me yet that I'm not saying I invented meta discussions, but that was like my channels niche. Like if people didn't know me yet, they found out about me because I would do a regional meta discussion before each major event. And then the international championship ones where I would bring in people from other regions uh, onto the video to discuss the stuff. Um, But, yeah, looking for that kind of content. uh, Plenty of channels do it. So take in content from everywhere um if there's any questions we didn't get into let me know uh i mean i think in terms of preparing the the only other
1: thing that's not like the very specific with pokemon when you're Mm. traveling to a regional because i know a lot of people are probably very excited to do that um Mm. are there any things luke that having been to many more regionals than myself i've been to one and jake didn't get a chance to go to any um (laughs) sports man always on the weekends Any like tips and tricks, whether it's um, just to have a better time, to save money, whatever it might be, like any big things that you're like, keep this in mind.
2: Personally, I'm a very low maintenance when traveling kind of person. And you might not be, you might not be able to enjoy yourself on low maintenance and that is fine. Um, But personally, I bring, you know, the bare minimum of everything I need. If I'm going to be traveling for three days, I have clothes for three days you know i i have three pants three underwear three shirt (laughs) three sock well six socks okay uh (laughs) three (laughs) pairs of socks you know one pair of shoes you know one hat all those kinds of things um and you know because i'm traveling first and foremost to play pokemon you know i'm traveling to spend eight plus hours on day one and then hopefully another six hours on day two playing Pokemon. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not overly worried about, you know, having wardrobe changes and, you know, having extra things to do and stuff. Um, And so if you can only bring a carry on, if you're going on plane, that's great. Um, What I suggest is having a carry on suitcase, which you fold up either like a sports sack, type bag or a backpack in that you have nothing in and then put all of your stuff in the suitcase. So then when you get to the hotel, you can take out your folded backpack and put a few things in there that you need to take to the venue, as opposed to bring a backpack and a suitcase and etc. cetera. Uh, just kind of put your bag in your suitcase and then you can fill it up when you get there. Um, personally, I'll just go through what I bring other than clothes I'm bringing. If I've decided on a deck already, I'm bringing my deck If not – and even if I haven't decided on that, I'm probably bringing like – I don't know, maybe like an ETB-sized box for um, like all the standard staples because most likely my deck probably has like all the supporters and items and trainers I'll need and then I'll just bring like all my – for this format, all my Vs and V maxes, my other tech Pokemon, my other tech trainers, and that can all fit in an ETB. Mm-hmm. Maybe some basic energies of each kind in case like I change my deck or I want to make changes to the deck. Um, so for the standard format, that's all I bring is my deck or two decks, and I'll just put those in deck boxes or whatever. Um, or if I haven't decided on a deck, it all just goes in the ETB box, or maybe I need two ETBs maximum for my, for my tournament stuff. Um, then I'm a big retro head. I like old decks and I want to play them with my friends Friday before the tournament Sunday, if I don't make day two. So I'll bring a handful of retro decks. Um, one of the, uh, portable batteries for your phone. Mm. Very good thing to have. Um, especially because you can check pairings online at most events. Um, and you know, if you're, on a plane for however many hours you want to have music to listen to. You want to have your phone with you. Um, if you want to know where you're going for dinner after the event, you want to be able to text your friends if you're not all in the same area. So you want that portable charger, um, deodorant, um, uh, a portable water bottle, maybe with a filter in it. So you can fill up and have filtered water wherever, um, snacks. Yeah. Some snacks. Yeah um i'm kind of like i'll just eat like a bagel from the hotel and then wait till dinner kind of deal because i don't like eating a lot during the tournament um maybe sometimes i'll have something bland like french fries from the stand or whatever because the venues will have that kind of stuff um but yeah definitely have water with you um that's good to have and um Yeah, I can't think of much else off the top of my head.
1: In terms of the experience of a regionals, I will say, um, if you can go with friends, like, if you have friends that are, like, on the fence, like, you know, all going together is a really good thing. Especially if, like, you know, it's one thing for, like, Luke, let's say, he goes to a regionals and... He's been playing the game for many years. He knows lots of people. Also, people will come up to you probably at a regionals, most likely, especially this time. Post-pandemic regionals are going to be weird with creators, by the way. But, yes, yes. But,
2: like, I might wear a fake nose sunglasses. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, like, you know, I know, like, um, Joe Bernard, Omnipoke Joe, um, you know, was getting swarmed and Tablemon was getting swarmed different regionals, too, at, like, uh, Worlds. So, mm-hmm. but for, like, the normal player, I would say... Um, yeah. Going with friends is a big part of the experience because you get there the night before. And I think this is a common experience. Like you're just staying up until midnight, 1, 2 a.m. sometimes just practicing your deck in hotel rooms or in the lobby. So you'll see a lot of that at these events um, at whatever hotel you're staying at. Um, and a lot of people, you know, depending on their budget, will room with those people, you know, two to four people in a room. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Um, whatever yeah, I've done six with. or seven in a yeah. room before the pandemic, maybe not right <laughs> now though, but yeah, floor sleeping has definitely occurred.
1: Yeah. So that was a big thing for me at Atlantic city is just like, if you have the opportunity and you can convince a couple of your friends to join you, uh, yeah. that will make the experience something that, yes, you're going there cause you want to play and hopefully do well. But like, even if you don't make day two or don't do, amazingly like you still have a ton of fun
2: oh yeah yeah like and if you can if you can drive like four to eight hours for a regional i've drone i've drove 14 for a regional (laughs) but i don't suggest doing that um (laughs) but like if you can drive like four to eight with your like pack five friends into an suv and, like, that's no gas money at all. All will drive to the regional together. You have fun in the car, you know, switch drivers. Everything's chill. It's not that hard to do. You all split the hotel room. That's cheap, too. And so that's a lot of fun as well, um, like, all traveling in a car together. But, yeah, regardless, try to plan with friends because um, that makes the event way better. Yeah. Um, when I, And also when I was speaking to, like, you know, we're there to play Pokemon, like, I'm not worried about, like, what other things are we going to do while we're there kind of deal. But I definitely want to do it with my friends, you know, yeah. like um, I would, I would plan to just eat dinner and then eat hotel breakfast and then snacks throughout the day. And then just plan for dinner because you don't really have time for other stuff. Like Sean said, sometimes you're up until 1 a.m. Most of the time I'm eating breakfast after round three when I find a granola bar like, you know, I'm (laughs) not even sometimes I'm not even having time to eat it before the event, which I definitely suggest being well nourished. But sometimes you're just in a rush. Um, And then, you know, after the event's over, you got time to plan, find a real nice restaurant, have, you know, go relax and have a good night with your friends on Saturday evening Um, And hopefully cheer on some people in day two. And one other minor note I will say um, is if you start off and you're doing horribly,
1: right? Say you go o three, o four, 3 4 you know, unless you just want to play for fun, because sometimes the bottom tables can also be a lot of fun Mm because everyone's just playing for fun at that point. But like, if you do feel that you're like a little tired, once you're four, 4 you could probably feel comfortable either dropping or like. Telling your opponent, hey, I'm going to concede, I'm going to go grab some lunch and then coming back like that's, you know, then I think you can relax a little bit and not feel too much pressure. That's just another thing.
2: Yeah, for sure. And just k- off topic of the preparation. But remember, like there's variants in a card game and like the greats go three drop. Yeah. Like, you know, toward I'm sure toward Reklev has gone. Oh, three drop. Azul. <laughs> there's Gigi no evidence has gone of it, but but drop. I'm sure toward has gone. But, like, like, you know, it happens to everybody. So, like, uh, that's it's hard. If you're like banking everything on like one regional, it is really nice if you can make it to multiple large events um, so you can get, you know, more experience and everything. But remember, like it, it's not all about your record. Like I said, if you can only make it to one regional plan for your goal to be to have fun, maybe do well at maybe do well at also. But like yeah. your main goal is going to be to have fun. All
0: right, Luke. I have one more well, actually a couple more questions <laughs> to ask you. One, what's the best
2: second format right now? The best second format? Deck. What's the best deck in format? Oh, the best deck in format. Uh probably single strike Urshi Umbreon. Okay. I love single strike Urshifu. I've been <laughs> playing it for a long time
0: and I've just been waiting for this moment. But yeah, you're opening a box on your Twitch channel. Uh you're opening some Pokemon product that you got Fusion Strike, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. So if you got, I don't know, this magical creature came to you and said, "Luke, I'm gonna put a your Fusion Strike card that you want. I'm gonna slide it in that box, and you're
2: guaranteed gonna pull it." What card are you picking? Maybe all Art Gengar V Max because it looks awesome. Um, yeah. I'm not. I'm not like. I like. I love the Rapid Strike Inteleon V Max as a card. I'm. It's not like the most amazing art I've ever seen. Um, a lot of times, I'm not too connected to the art in the games. Um, in Evolving Skies, I was very much so connected to the art. Like both Leafy on All Arts were beautiful, and I'm just a Leafy on stand. So, um, but yeah, Gengar All Art VMAX is awesome. I'm a Gengar fan. So, probably that.
0: All right. Well, fingers crossed for
1: you on that one.
0: <laughs> yeah. Best of luck. I'll be watching you tonight. Do you have any shout outs? Where can people find you, Luke?
2: Uh you can find me over on the YouTube uh Celio's network and uh on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Celio's network on Twitter, uh Celio's underscore network, because getting your username changed on Twitter when somebody else has a D Act uh, an unused account for seven years is a whole thing. <laughs> so I have an underscore in there. Um I have a Patreon, which you can find in my YouTube description and everything. And, uh, shout out to my sponsors, uh, car trooper games, potown store and Pokemon I will say also
0: Luke does coaching. Mm-hmm. If you want, if you want to get better, maybe you want to invest in some coaching. Luke is a great mind. I've known him for, I think like two years now I've known you. We've been acquaintance and I, I would trust Luke with a lot of stuff. So thank you again, Luke, so much for having us. We appreciate you on this Metapod. And who knows, maybe one day we'll get our own meta discussion before a regional or IC or something like that. And we'll bring you on to help us, guide us throughout the rest of the way. Not necessarily steal your content, but try to be like you. It'll be a baby's first
1: regional meta discussion. (laughs) Yeah. Bring on some bozos. What are we doing?
0: (laughs) All right and now it's just the two just the two of us and we're back, just sean and i here for the rest of the podcast we got a little bit more to talk about we did mention at the beginning of this podcast that brilliant star is going to be our february set we have learned the name of our february set and we've getting a, we've gotten getting we've getting a little more information about this set and what it's gonna be releasing on February 25th. You'll have pre-releases coming out on the 12th through the 20th. And then it's gonna add a couple different things like Japan's Starbirth set featuring over a hundred cards, and I think think also the character rares are in here well
1: so that's the question right like i'm reading this and it's all speculation the vmax climax um cards it may be that they get pushed to the holiday set similarly similar to the way that when they introduced sword and shield the extra gx cards got pushed to the following holiday set in hidden fates so <laughs> you know we'll see because it does feel like the V star mechanic is the thing they're going to want to highlight and that is going to be like the focus of this new set and probably all the sets for next year so V maxes be these specific V maxes if they're not um new net new V maxes that's the key so long as there's not like a problem with a uh, standard
0: format well may they we may just We do know that Arceus V and V star are going to be the highlights of the set. You know what the set is around the set symbol is Arceus Mandala. So that's kind of a key indicator right there. RCSV being number one twenty three and RCSV Star being one seventy two. We know that there's at least one hundred seventy two cards before all the secret rares, and especially if V Max Climax is coming in, there's going to be a ton of secret rares with those character rares, like we mentioned, and stuff like that. The Star Deck one hundred, which isn't the Star Deck one hundred, like some of it has been littered into yeah. Fusion Strike.
1: Yes, yeah, some of the Star Deck one hundred, I believe, is in Fusion Strike, or maybe those are the family sets i don't know like all there's like a ton of V's that were kind of like filler V's. random yeah that kind of got like squeezed in i think they're just getting squeezed into a couple of our sets sprinkled in
0: if you want to watch some fusion strike early openings before everybody else sean actually put out a video the other day opening his product free from tpci yeah i haven't opened
1: the um uh elite trainer box i have behind me but gotta find Is that gonna time be another to video that. It, well i don't know if it'll be a video or maybe i'll do it on a stream at some point yeah i'm
0: holding on to that one because didn't want to do both in one but i think i'd actually have to look back at the vod because i didn't do that earlier but when we were talking to luke and i called something i said luke's gonna pull xyz i'm 90 percent sure <laughs> I said something like multiple view V Maxes. pretty sure I said that. And if you haven't watched this video yet, by God, it might've been the best booster box I've ever seen open. I'm not kidding.
1: Yeah. Luke's booster box was absolutely uh, broken busted as they say. It was
0: absolutely cracked. And if you don't know what that means, that means that it was awesome because I did. (laughs) I did get a Twitter when I said this box is absolutely cracked. Some people were like, it looks perfectly sealed and fine to me. I was like, I should have I should have used a different word, (laughs) the lingo. But Sean, now we got to predict the future. Sean, I need you to get your thinking cap on and need you to get that future site ready to rumble because we got to guess what's happening or what's technically going to be called today. Or <laughs> like tomorrow. Right after yeah. we release yeah. the podcast, yeah.
1: I mean, uh, so last week, to recap the viewers and listeners, we I made the prediction that they would have announced PTCG Live. Obviously, maybe they'll do that today, and we will be confirmed correct before this episode launches. But at time of recording, Pokemon done let us down. The first week there's no news is the week we start Future Sight. Anyways.
0: So, I, think I don't that's pretty good though, because like we had the interview this week, so like oh yeah, a slow news fine, week was fine. perfect. We waltzed right in that oh, one. Yeah. That's a future site in itself,
1: it, yes. That was good planning. Um, but so I'm not going to pick the same thing, even though I, it's, it's on the horizon, obviously. I am going to say though that I think what we will get this week, now that the name of Brilliant Stars has been revealed, I think what we'll get is four to six more V star Pokemon revealed. And that, obviously, that will be for the Japanese set. It'll be for Starbirth. But um, the ones that I think we can expect would be Palkia, Dialga, V-Star, like those, uh, and their respective Vs that come along with it, because you need those. Um, and then just a couple of other Pokemon that are maybe unique to the uh, region of uh, Pearl and Diamond. What would those be, Jake? What What other... I don't know. I I never played the games. (laughs) Uh,
0: Luxray. We could have a... Luxray is a pretty popular Pokemon. You could have... I mean, you go with the Darkrai. Darkrai yeah, yeah, Dark is Rye. a very popular Pokemon that yes. they've continuously printed and printed and printed. Shaman, they you banned could. Shaman out of Expanded so they could try to bring it back. And there's, there hasn't been any Shaman
1: Vs or any of that stuff. Like, there's no... They have Celebi. We have all these other legendaries. Like, oh, eight Celebies. Right. So I, I think that what we'll start to see is four to six new V stars announced between when this is released in the next week at some point. So that that's my guess. What about you, Jake?
0: I think that's a little bit too early. I don't think they do that before fusion strike releases, but that's just me personally. That's just my opinion. I like to combat with Sean from time to time. <laughs> we have to do it at least once a podcast, right? Yes. Or we'd be, or else we'd be a boring podcast, but I think that PTCG live does not come out this week. Oh, your, your future site is a not. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a not come out this week. I mean with the delay and just like not a lot of news or tweets or really anything coming out about it i just don't think it's going to be ready i think they're going to bite the bullet on the pre-releases you know they probably wanted to line up the pre-releases with the release of ptcg live i think they're going to bite the bullet they say you know we got to get these pre-releases out of here let's just throw them out they're gonna get on ptcgo anyways Mm. so like there's no reason to rush ptcg live And so I think we get delayed another week. I promise I won't say this next week if it doesn't get released (laughs) by our next podcast. I promise I'll change it up. But I think that it's going to be I don't think it's coming out this week. I think it's not ready. I think it needs more time. And I'm totally okay with that. And I'm not in any rush.
1: All right. Well, uh, let's see. We are going to be one of those podcasts that remembers our predictions and goes back to it. Unlike, you know, some of those sports shows that make predictions and then. Never talk about it again when they're wrong.
0: Well, that's the thing. Yeah, when you're wrong, you never mention no. it again. and Nobody, no, we should have like a score.
1: I mean, yeah, I, I mean, right now we're 0 and 1, to be yes. frank. So,
0: well, technically 0 and 2.
1: <laughs> well, cuz we both made the same prediction last week, fair enough.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. So we are 0 and 1. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. But yeah, uh, I think that's going to do it for this week,
1: Jake. Do you want to do you want to send us off in style?
0: Thank you so much for listening to the Metapod, whether you're on YouTube, whether you're on Spotify, whether you're on Apple iTunes, whether you're on whatever you listen on. We've actually, I've me and Sean have actually been trying to tweet more, so follow us on Twitter if you have not already. It is Metapod TCG. I've been trying to make I've been trying to make a lot of the tweets, but good it. Sean is Sean is in the backs doing a lot of stuff for us right now. He's. Mm. He's really helping me out. So anyways, thank you all so much for listening to the Metapod, the Pokemon TCG podcast. We're all around the evolving meta. Have a great day.